0: We are finally here. It has been a bit of a journey trying to get back into the TDA, hasn't it? Some of us will have been here, I don't know, for six or seven years of our lives before the pandemic. And then pandemic came and we all met online for about a year. Hello, Pearl. And then after a year of meeting online we started to slowly meet again at the Fletton Centre. And then that became our main meeting place. Uh, And we started to knock on the door, as a leadership team especially, on different venues that might be possible to house us as a church. But what we found again and again is that there was nothing that was open and suitable. And so we waited and we waited. And then, just before summer, there was a glimmer of hope. The TDA and a few others, actually, got in touch and said, we're going to start hiring again in the new academic year. And so we pursued that. And they said, look, these are the terms, or at least this is the price. And we gulped and we said, that's not possible anymore. And you may remember that as a church family, one Sunday we stood and we prayed. And within days, they said, "Okay, we'll meet you where you can. And so God did that. And then uh, a few weeks later, we still didn't have a provisional date. And we still didn't have terms and conditions. And so some of you will remember that our boiler room, our Sunday evening prayer night, we prayed. And a few days later, it changed. And then the delay came <laughs> that we were meant to be in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and that didn't happen. And so as a church family, one Sunday and then after the service on a Sunday, some of you will remember that we prayed and here we are. So it's been quite a journey to get here. It's been quite a journey to get here, but finally, we've arrived. We've arrived. And yesterday, there were a number of us uh, who were here, serving this church family by doing a bit of a dry run, doing a setup, trying a few things out, seeing what it was. And I, you know, I brought my boxes with me. I had a few things I thought it would be important to unpack. But as I started to unpack them, I realised, wait a second, what's the point of unpacking if this isn't the destination? What's the point of unpacking if this isn't the place we're meant to settle? Because I have bad news for you all. The TDA is not the destination we're aiming for. Actually, no venue is the destination. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm so grateful for this space. And I'm so grateful for the Fletton Centre. The Fletton Centre is a wonderful gift from God that has served... It does still serve the church in many ways. We're using it throughout the week. But it has served this church family in its various guises for actually decades... Some of you won't know that, but the Fletton Center is, has served us as a church for decades. And it's been a brilliant space, which, which has blessed us as a gift from God for me. It's a very special place because it was the first home when I met Life Church. It was the first place that I came to when, when Beth and I came to join the church here. And yet, if we're honest, there are a number of things about it which didn't uh, work for the season we're in as a church. Mainly, we just didn't fit. And so we had to be in two services. We had to have Glow rammed into the other room. There was no space for the teenagers, and the toddlers were kind of in a corner. We just didn't fit. I loved it, but my goodness, we heard the kids, didn't we? If you're in first service, we heard the kids. And that's an interesting dynamic as a preacher, but I got used to it after a while. And praise God, they were having a great time. But we didn't fit. And so we come here, and I am so overjoyed that we get to sit in a room together. We're all together as one church family. I know that through the chaos of where half the room just went, the kids, the youth, the toddlers have a space where they can be blessed. There is so much about here that I am thankful to God for. There are some other things I'm thankful to God for. I'm thankful, as many of you will be, that the end of the will we, won't we is over. It's unsettling, isn't it? It's frustrating. But the, coming back to the Fletton Centre and thinking, well, this is great. But it's temporary, isn't it? We'll go back, won't we? And that went from kind of being a month or a couple of months to being a year. And so for some of us, we've been asking the question, when will this kind of sense of limbo be over? And so it's been, uh, for some of us, it's reassuring to finally be here. And for some of us, actually, just being in this space, and I don't want to be rude, but for, for some people who I think are a bit peculiar, you just like change. Who just likes change? Wave at me if you're just excited by change. Okay, a few people. I don't really understand that. But some of us are just really excited that it feels like something new is happening. That we're in a new space. Look at this quirky lecture theatre. Think of the amazing uh, atrium outside. Think of the car parking. We've got wonderful car parking. Who... Who? (laughs) (laughs) I knew some of you would be rejoicing in the car parking. And so there are many great reasons to praise God for being here. And I do thank God for them. The end of the world we won't be. A space which is suitable for many more of us. And I thank God for the car park too. But we have to be careful that we don't put our hope in this place. Because the security of being in a new space that finally serves us a little bit better in a number of ways... We have learned through life experience over the last few years that we don't put our, our hope in things because they're here today and we don't know what tomorrow brings. Actually, a more positive look at that, aren't we praying that we see more baptisms of people who don't know Jesus coming to the Lord? Aren't we praying that these seats will be filled by people who didn't believe but now believe? And so we don't know whether this will be a place that we can be forever. And the comfort that it brings, because it serves a number of us better, the way it serves our under-18s better, the way we're one, together as one family, we also have to be honest that for the many people who are so blessed that we're here, there are a number of us in the room who have really mixed feelings. It's hard being back here, or maybe hard being here for the first time. There are a number of challenges that being in this space, or being in this kind of setup, brings. And for those of us who just love novelty, love the excitement of change the novelty wears off doesn't it and after a while the frustrations will kick in and for all of us we need to be really sure that we don't put our hope in this place we don't put our hope in a venue we moved because it serves many of our purposes better and i thank god for that but this is not the destination over the last few months um Paul Graham, one of the other elders of the church, um, Paul and I sit down and we talk uh, about what we're doing, make decisions together, think through kind of how we go, uh, how we're going to navigate certain things, particularly to do with this venue. Actually, Paul has put in a monumental effort to get us here over the last year. So why don't we just give him... Paul... Okay, that's enough. It will go to his head. No, joking. Paul Paul has worked incredibly hard, and um, I have the privilege of... um, being behind the scenes and seeing how hard he's worked. But we, we sit together and we, we talk, make decisions, we pray. But I've so been encouraged because uh, Paul would often say to me, there's no point moving if God doesn't do something in our hearts. There's no point moving if God isn't working. And I think what we've seen is over the last month, the last year, God has been working. We've been at the Fletton Centre and it hasn't been ideal, but God has been working. We've seen baptisms of new believers We've seen many new life group leaders sign up to invest and serve in this church family. 70 of you in this room have signed up to Sunday serving rotors to say, I wanna bless other people in this family. And there's still plenty of spaces to sign up to, by the way. Um, We've had a huge number of visitors. Some of you this morning, this is your first week or one of your first weeks, and you're so welcome because we rejoice that there are so many visitors who are coming, some of whom are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ for the first time. Some of whom are friends or colleagues or neighbours who are getting to hear the good news of Jesus that has changed our lives as a church family. You see, God has been working. And that's just the things we see with our eyes. I've had the privilege to see the beginnings of breakthrough in situations as we've prayed. I've see, had the privilege of seeing relational wounds heal. I had the privilege a few weeks ago of having a bad headache and someone laid their hands on my head, prayed, and it went like that. We've had the privilege of seeing God move in this place. And actually, I've had the privilege of seeing a people who are not, aren't just keen to meet, but to meet with the living God. Because God is doing something among us. He has not been on pause while we've been at the Fletton Centre. And he is not going to stop now we've reached some kind of new venue because this is not the destination. And you know what? Buying a premises permanently is not the destination either. It's a great aim. Let's go for it. Let's pray for it. Let's push into it. But it's not the destination. So if a venue, however suitable, however secure, however exciting, isn't what we're aiming for, what is? Well, I think God is much more interested in who we are as a people and where we meet. I think he's much more interested in the journey of our hearts than the destination of our feet each week. So what is that destination? Well, I'd love to give you a neat answer. But I think the things God has said to me over the past weeks and months has been this isn't the destination, but here are some things that we need for the journey we're on Right now, And so what I want to share with you, just briefly, actually, are five things, five things that God has stirred my heart with, that I want to encourage us, that God is doing and wants to do among us in this church family. Does that sound okay? Okay, I've made the most basic PowerPoint you can ever imagine, which will come up at some point. Um Oliver may have even made it pretty while I wasn't looking. No, he hasn't. Okay, it's going to be really basic. So the first thing, we want to be a people who are committed to simple worship. Why do we gather? Why do we gather like this on a Sunday? Him. We gather to be with our Heavenly Father, our gracious Saviour, our ever-present Comforter. In other words, we gather To worship him. You see, Sunday is not a show or an experience. In a few weeks' time, Beth and I are going down to London uh, to go to the British Museum to have a tour. Now, that's an experience, a brilliant experience. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to learning things. Not everyone looks forward to learning, but that's the kind of guy I am. I'm looking forward to learning things, get some good facts that I can tell people when I see them. That's a brilliant experience. But two weeks ago, I also went to London, that time for my mum's birthday. And I was with my family, my sisters, my niece and nephew. And we had experiences. We went to the park and played together. We sat and ate curry and cake together. Well, not together, but you know what I mean. We stayed up late chatting and playing board games. But I didn't go to London to have nice food. I can have nice food in Peterborough. I went to London to be with my family. When we gather together, we first and foremost come, not for an experience or a show, we come to meet with God. Yes, each other, and we'll get to that, but we come to meet with God. A few weeks ago, I preached on Ephesians 2, and verse 21 and 22 say this, In Christ Jesus, the whole building, he's talking about us as a building or a temple. In Christ Jesus, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built into a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. As we are built together, as we gather together, and as we are a people who are united together, we both worship and welcome him. We're a dwelling place. This is where God lives, but not just a house, but a temple of worship. And so we need to be a people of simple worship. Simple because it's worship that is first and foremost. It's it's our adoration of God and being with him that everything else flows from. There are lots of other things, but they don't dilute that. They don't get in the way of that. That is the main thing. Jesus is the main thing. Worshiping our great God is the main thing and everything else flows from it. And if you're visiting us, if this is um, something where you're exploring what it means to follow Jesus, you're exploring what Christianity is, you are so welcome. But let me tell you, as a church family, we meet to give glory to God and worship our great Saviour. That's why we come together. We want to be a people of simple worship, where everything we do in our lives is for His glory. It's a response to him. We're not like, It's not like at Christmas, you might be given as a child, you might be given a fiver from a family member who, um, you know, your mum says, look, you've got to go give your great aunt a kiss because they gave you a fiver. And you think, well, you know, that was kind of them to give me a fiver. I'll give, give them a kiss. That's not what worship is. It's not a kind of dutiful gratitude. It's when you see how great Jesus is. When you get a vision, a glimpse of how glorious our God is and you say, oh my goodness, I want to live my whole life for him. <laughs> I want to give everything. I don't mind what it costs. It's for him because he's so wonderful. We want to be a people of simple worship. Okay, second thing. We want to be a church built on family ownership. A lot of the big reasons we moved here was to try and serve particular people, most of us in the church family, as best as we can, to gather as one congregation. To have spaces for our under 18s that serve them well, to have more space, to not feel quite as cramped as we did in the Fletton Centre. But a venue can't love people, can it? It can express love, but it can't love people. The first sermon I preached at Life Church was 1 Corinthians 12, and in verse 27 it says this Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. Family ownership means each one of us knows. Without each one is not what it's meant to be. Without each one of us, church isn't all that it could be. That each one of us has a contribution, a gift, a blessing to build up the church. That no matter how you see yourself, if you're in the body of Christ, if you're a Christian in this church family, you have a part to play. That's what family ownership is. And what does family ownership look like? Well, it looks like if we see a need, do we pray for it? If we have an issue, do we seek to resolve it? When we arrive on a Sunday, do we ask, what do I have to bring this morning? What can I do to bless someone? Maybe chat to that person at coffee. Maybe welcome the visitor. Maybe bring a contribution. Or maybe encourage the person who did bring a contribution. That's what family ownership looks like. It says, I might not be involved in that area of church life, but it's mine. I love it. Maybe I don't have kids in primary school age, but God bless the glow team. Maybe uh, I'm not going to be in the worship band, but thank you, Lord, for the way they bless us, and I'm going to encourage them after the service. That's what family ownership is. We all have our parts to play because Sundays isn't like a restaurant. We don't come here to get served. We don't come here to sit back and receive because then it's uh, it's just a service we receive. No, Sundays are a bit like those cheesy Christmases that you see on the films, cheesy family Christmases, where one person cooks, one carves, one does the gravy, one passes things over the table because their arms are just about long enough, one just constantly does cracker joke after cracker joke after cracker joke because each one knows they have a part to play. You see, church should be a place where each one of us feels so loved because everyone else is so concentrated on loving each other. Church is a place where each one of us belong and where each one of us has a part to play. That's family ownership. Thirdly, we want to have a culture and grow in a culture of restful service. Now, I think this is quite an important thing to say as we arrive at the TDA. Because coming to a building we don't own comes with a lot of extra effort and a lot of costs. I briefly mentioned earlier that there is, I don't know, about 15 or 20 uh, people here yesterday who were doing a bit of a dry run, seeing if everything still worked, seeing where everything was, investing so that this morning we'd be ready to bless and serve one another. But you might hear that we need to have a culture of service, and uh, the things that play in your mind are uh, slightly terrifying, You might have an experience of of churches from before. Maybe here, maybe somewhere else where you think, you know what, a culture of service equals a culture of burnout or slaving away without anyone thanking me. And the idea of restful service is just a contradiction. What does that even mean? And I think we have to work really hard to say, no, that is not what we're going to have here. We're going to have a culture which is restful service. And I think the key to that. Is to remember that we're a people of simple worship and we're a people for one another, family ownership. Those first two things I think unlock the third. Because when we get the church misjoint ownership, we start to feel, yeah, it's my job to love and serve others. We get that heart of service. But when we remember we don't ultimately even do it for one another, we actually ultimately do it for God. It starts to take the pressure off. Sorry, it starts to take the pressure off. We're not doing it for a performance. We're not trying to impress anyone. We're not even trying to impress God. But we serve and love one another because he served and loved us. You know, the Son of Man didn't come to be served but to serve and to give up his life as a ransom for many. And so when we get that, we say, actually, I'm going to serve this church family. Each and every one of us are going to get that and say, actually, I have a part to play. And we will see a culture that shapes, which isn't burning us out, which isn't thankless, but is full of love and full of service. A place where we can tell one another when it's going well and tell one another when it isn't. A place where we can be honest and make changes when stuff isn't working because we're not here to make it work, we're here to serve one another, to worship God. And so we want to create a culture of restful service. Fourthly, and I'm coming close to the end now. You're doing very well at listening. We want to have an outlook built on heartfelt welcome. Heartfelt welcome. I have so loved... um, I still sometimes think I'm new in the church, but I've been here for almost a year now. And uh, I've had the privilege of being able to hear many people who've been in the church, often for a long time, what their story was of coming to be part of Life Church. And the joy is that for most people, they would say, you know, that person made me feel so at home. That person really welcomed me. That that couple, that individual, that that family, whatever it is, they made me feel like this was a space that I could belong. I'm so grateful for that. What a beautiful culture of welcome we have. From the, the official welcome team that we've started to kind of build back up over the last month or two, to the, the culture of welcome that's in many of your hearts that loves to welcome the visitor, the new person. I love that. But do you know something? Before we think about welcoming visitors, we've got to make sure we have hearts and outlooks that welcome one another. This must be a space where we feel we can belong. Rather than coming to receive some kind of transaction or some service, we come to just be home. We can be real here. We can let our guard down, be honest. We can cry here. We can laugh here. We can encourage one another and we can mourn here. Because this isn't a show and there's not a polish on. That's that's We've got to keep the guard up and not let through the mask. This has to be a place where we welcome one another in such a way that you say... You're allowed to be yourself here, warts and all. If we stop there, just welcoming one another, it's a clique, so we can't. We've got to welcome one another and let that spill out to welcome the visitor, welcome the new person, welcome the person who maybe has been here for a while, but we don't know yet. Maybe they're a bit different from us. Maybe we just haven't had time. And so we don't let the welcome just stay with the people we know. But that's where it's got to start. It's got to start by saying... This is a funny place, isn't it? We can sit, you can look into one another's eyes, and some of you are doing it and probably freaking each other out. But, you know, we can stare into one another's eyes, and that is a wonderful reminder. We're here to welcome one another. We're here to say, you belong here. You're safe here. Come to meet with God here. So, the fifth and final thing after being a people of um, simple worship, a church beyond family ownership, culture of restful service and an outlook which is based on welcome, heartfelt welcome. We need to be a people who are unafraid of the fact that we're still on a journey. I was a software engineer um, for um, four and a bit years. Many of you will know that um, before I started working for um, the church in Cambridge. And um, I lived with an anxiety as a software engineer in my workplace. I lived with an anxiety that everyone knew I was a Christian I quite open about that. But if I, if I was less than I thought I should be, that people will realise I'm a bit of a fraud and that would be a terrible thing. And what I should do instead is, is kind of just pretend everything's okay or just pretend that if I make mistakes... that No, they weren't really mistakes. I did it deliberately. So I lived with this kind of anxiety, this veneer. And one day, um, there was someone who was working in our office just for a, a short period of time, and I... I was really impatient with them. And to be honest, I was just really quite publicly rude to them. I was unkind to them. Now, as I walked to my car, the conviction of God hit me. And I thought, my goodness, I wasn't Jesus to them today. And as I, as I walked to the car, I just knew I've, I've got to, to apologise tomorrow. I'm going to see them tomorrow, and I, I've got to apologise. And for me, the fear wasn't admitting before God I was wrong. It was admitting in front of other people I was wrong. What would they think of me? You're meant to be the Christian, Shouldn't I just pretend, no, 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 they deserved it. I wasn't being rude, I was just being fair. And, you know, so maybe I'll try and cover it up and save my pride. But I went and I apologised the next day. And that was hard, but we're an open plan office, so three or four of my colleagues also heard. That was probably harder because they brought it up later and we had to talk about it. But what I had to learn in that moment was that it was okay to be on a journey that it was okay to be someone who wasn't a finished article. You see, this is not the destination, but none of us are at the destination. Not yet. We're all on a journey that God is walking us through, and we have to be a people who are okay with mistakes, okay with the unperfect. Vauter did a great message quite near the beginning of the year when he said about being okay, that we'll sometimes tread on each other's toes. That's who we have to be as of people, because we're in a new space, and there'll be things that some of you have noticed already that have gone wrong, or be messed up, or have not served um, various people in the ways that um, maybe you were told would be served, and I'm sorry for that, but also, here's something profound, that's okay, it's okay that it wasn't perfect this morning, and it never will be, I'm not saying we shouldn't do anything about it, I'm saying when stuff goes wrong, we don't panic, we talk about it. Family ownership. We walk through a solution together. We say, if, if I see a problem, yeah, let's, let's see a solution together. And we're patient. We seek to prefer one another and grow. And we rejoice because actually as we walk on a journey, when we tread on toes and we realise we're not the finished article, but we give each other space and patience to get there, we actually glorify the God who meets us in our mess and isn't afraid to walk us through it. That's who we are as people. If we pretend we're not, we're kidding ourselves. But we have a God who meets us in our mess. (laughs) Christ didn't die for us when we were perfect. It's while we were still sinners. And so as a people, we need to be unafraid of being on a journey, not being the finished article, of getting the first four things I've just shared wrong and having to learn together. Because as we do, we will glorify and realise just how wonderful our God is who patiently walks with us. I wanna be a people who the children in the church come up to us and say, Mum, you've changed. You're more patient. Or, or, you know, say to a family friend, Wow, I really love the way that you, you know, do this now. I wanna be a people who visibly grow. And if we do that, we gotta start by being honest with where we're at. So there are five things that God put in my heart. I'm the kind of person who really likes a structured thing. I want to go through a passage. bam, 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 bam. So this was kind of saying, God, I think these are the things you laid in my heart, and I'm just going to share them this morning. And so different things would have spoken to different ones of you. And what we're going to do now, I said um, near the beginning of the service, we'll receive the word of God, and then we're going to respond to it. And we're going to rejoice in him. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to take communion together. Because we're a people of simple worship. A people who love God, and lift our eyes again and again to say, it is you, Jesus, who we come to serve and worship. But after that, we're going to respond by praying together. Now, I don't mean one or two of us. I mean about 20 or 30 of us, as many of us as we can fit in. I would love to encourage us as a church family. I'll have a microphone on this side. Oh no, on this side, Sam um, or Paul will have a microphone on that side. uh, And we're just going to come and pray. We're going to pray. Maybe God has stirred your heart with something I've said about what God is going to do in the next season. Maybe you want to thank God for something he's done in the past month or year or 20 years. Maybe there's something you feel, actually, no, let's pray for this area of church life or let's pray for what God is pushing into there. And we're going to pray for our church family because this is our family. It's family ownership. And we want to pray, Lord, do what only you can do in this season ahead. Does that sound okay? So... um, the. Band, uh, if you want to come up, we'll, I'll move this, because that might be in the way for some people. <laughs> um, did I explain these? <laughs> there you go. I, you, you know, you prepare, you prepare things. You, oh, yeah, I'll do that, yeah, at least. We prepare things, and then I forget. I, I moved house four weeks ago, as I said, and I had a lot of boxes spare, so I thought, I well, might as well use them. Um... We don't unpack if we're not going to be here for long, do we? Um, we might be here for 20 years, but we don't want our hearts to settle. We want to live with the boxes in the corner of the room that says, I'm not yet unpacked because God is still doing something. Who still has boxes in the corner of one of the rooms of their house? The when, when? did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who's, who moved more than 10 years ago? Who still has boxes? Yeah, That's, we, that is how we're going to live as a church family, okay? We're going to live as a church family which says we're still on a journey. We're not settled because God is still working in our hearts and we are open to that. We're going to take communion together, um, but let me read um, from 1 Corinthians uh, 11. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We're going to take communion now. If you don't have a little pot, um, just lift your hand up, and I think the stewards will um, just... Um, Carol has a bucket and she'll very kindly bring that round. So just um, leave your hand in the air and we'll, um, we'll get that to you um, eventually. Um, but for those of us who do have them, uh, let's just take a moment as the band uh, leads us in a song to receive this wonderful gift that he's given us, his body and his blood and worship him.